Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Sunday, January the 29th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. In this particular Gospel reading this morning, It is the beginning of the greatest sermon ever preached by anyone on the face of the earth and the greatest sermon that will ever be preached by anyone, the greatest teaching by anything ever taught. It is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching of Jesus, and it begins with something we are very familiar with, the Beatitudes. And that leads, not as a kind of introduction or a kind of preamble, it is the whole foundation of which the sermon, the teaching, follows in chapters 5, 6, and 7. There is a corresponding uh, section in the Gospel of St. Luke. It's called the Sermon on the Plain, called the Sermon on the Mount because for Matthew, Jesus represents the new Moses. Remember in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, Moses goes up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from Almighty God. Those tablets will become housed in the Ark of the Covenant, which will follow the Israelites through all of their wanderings, uh, through the desert and then into the promised land and so forth, the Ark of the Covenant. It was a wooden box uh, uh, reinforced by gold plating, and inside were the two tablets of the law that Moses received from uh, Yahweh, God, on Mount Sinai. Jesus sees the crowd and he ascends the mountain. But he doesn't receive the law. He is the giver of the new law. The new law written not on stone tablets, but written on our hearts. It is the law of self-donation. It is the law of the giving of oneself so that we may live blessed Blessed is a higher, closer, deeper form of happiness. The word is translated sometimes as happiness, but it's not only an earthly happiness. It is, above all, a divine happiness, a blessedness. It brings us into the very, the very being of God. And these Beatitudes are very important in terms of the way in which they are ordered and ranked. They're not simply put down in any kind of order or any kind of uh, way. It just happens to be written that way. No, there is, a, there is a, 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 an order to them. And the first of the Beatitudes is the one that sets the stage for our entire Christian life, our whole life in following Christ in our whole life. 
in really our relationship on earth, in our earthly pilgrimage. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now please notice that, the poor in spirit. Matthew is not talking about, he doesn't report Jesus really as talking about, the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit is not about your economic or financial situation. It's not about the size of your house or the newness of your car, the size of your bank book or your 401k plan. It is about the poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is, it comes from the recognition that in the presence of God, we are all poor. It's not a question of shame. It's not a question of deprivation. It's an acknowledgement that in our poverty, God is our richness. Regardless of the size of our wealth, our financial stability and security, our true and lasting security, stability, and blessedness is measured in terms of our relationship with Almighty God. There are many people who are rich in the ways of the world. Pardon me. They have tremendous amounts of wealth. They have all kinds of possessions. But they are poor in their relationship with God. It's not... It's not by accident that Jesus, the word, becomes flesh in a crib in the stable in Bethlehem, born in a manger. And that really reflects our own condition, doesn't it? We come into the world with nothing, and we leave the world with nothing. We leave the world with nothing in terms of material possessions. Now, there are many people who have very little, but they're not poor in spirit. There are many people who have a great many possessions, but they are very poor in spirit. They don't define themselves by how much they have, but they understand themselves in their relationship with God. They're rich in God. They are generous and giving and compassionate, merciful and understanding. They are close to Almighty God. You have many who are are economically poor, deprived, and yet they lust after wealth and riches and all of the stuff of the world. We know on human experience, don't we? that it's very, very frustrating when it comes time to have to give or you want to give a gift to someone, a birthday, an anniversary, a graduation, whatever it may be, whatever the occasion. And you're at a loss as to what to give that person. They seem to have everything. And you go and you ask them, 
you, you may know them. It may be a family member. It may be some a close friend. And you want to give them something that they would like or want or need, which would be better. And you say, look, I, I don't want to give you something that you're not going to use or like, etc. cetera. What, what, what is something that I could get for you for your birthday? Let's use that as an example. And they say, oh, oh, I don't need anything. No, no, don't worry about it. So we end up buying some kind of gift card or something, some kind of generic thing like that. Give it to them, and it's, and it's over with. They have everything. They don't need anything. It's very, very frustrating. Because we want to please them and give them something that they would need or like. Naturally. And that's a good thing. But they're telling you, I don't need any. I have everything. I got it all. Well, that's what happens when we're not poor in spirit. The Lord stands ready to give us everything. And we say, oh, no, no, I don't need any. I don't need this. I, I, I don't need this stuff. I don't need that grace. I don't need that blessing. Uh, because I have everything. We must approach God in our poverty, not in our riches. Because if we approach God in what we believe to be our riches, we are very poor. We are very poor indeed. Because we fail to see that the greatest gift is offered to us free. There's no taxes, no surcharge. You don't have to get it on the installment plan. God gives himself freely to us. In his holy word, the scriptures, in the offering of the holy sacrifice of the mass, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it is only we who can refuse the gift. It's not that God doesn't offer it. Now, God doesn't force it. You don't force a gift on someone. It's not a gift then. And, and then there's a great deal of uneasiness and embarrassment and frustration. Well, it spoils the whole thing, doesn't it? Of course it does. We can only accept in gratitude God's gift but we have to recognize the poverty of our own condition. Not to be ashamed of it, not to be considered a failure or a flop. It is in our poverty, in our coming to the Lord and saying, I am very poor in terms of my need and you are my riches, you are my blessing. Almighty God, please come. And the Lord rushes in. The God, God does not kick down the door of our heart. God doesn't crash the, the canyons of our mind. God only comes when invited. That's the God of persuasion, not of coercion. And we're not talking about the bank book the big size or the lack thereof. It is poor in spirit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. What, what more could we want than the kingdom of heaven? What piece of real estate or property 
can compare to the kingdom of heaven? What gift can we receive that's greater than to be blessed by the very presence of God? They're not in catalogs. They're not on the shopping channels. You can't buy it in a Neiman, a Neiman Marcus catalog. It's freely offered. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Let us today spend some time on this Sunday reflecting on our own lives and reflect on where we are poor in spirit and let us approach the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. In my poverty, you are my riches. In my weakness, you are my strength. In my darkness, you light the way. The Lord will come. The Lord will supply our need, light the way, build up our strength. That's why it's the first one. And all of the other things flow from it. All the other Beatitudes, the whole of our life, so that when our earthly pilgrimage is done and we're in the presence of Almighty God, we can stand before the Lord with an empty bag, an empty bank account, an empty heart, so that the Lord can fill us for all eternity with his divine presence. God bless you.